You never really know the person you've married. Things they hide always come out after they die. Most of the time, you expect something small, like some unknown debt, or even if they had a child that you did not know about. Not that they had murdered somebody, much less that they were a serial killer. Hey guys, and welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Lulu, and Happy New Year's. The week I had off was so nice. I took a week off from like babysitting because I babysit some of my friends' kids from the podcast, and I just got to spend it with my family, and it was amazing. Anyways, no new updates for you guys. Um, I did want to let you know that I am going to launch a YouTube officially. I'm working on that today. Um... It's not gonna be a video of me yet. I still have some things in the backdrop and in the studio that need to be fixed before I can do that. I also need to get myself another desk and I haven't done that yet either. So it's just gonna be like a plain picture of, you know, of the podcast and it's just gonna be my voice. So it's gonna be basically like what you guys hear here on whatever you're listening to the podcast on, but it's gonna also be on YouTube. So if for some reason you would rather listen there, I'm just letting you guys know that I've got the channel made. I haven't launched anything yet, any videos yet, um, but those will be launched soon. I'm gonna work on them today. So I might have one by today. I'm just not yet. By the time I'm recording this, I don't have one. I am gonna upload every single day on there until I'm caught up. And then once I'm caught up with all of my past episodes, that is when I will start to upload the YouTube channel as often as I upload all of my other sites. I do know that some of my places like Spotify and Apple, sometimes for some reason it takes up to 48 hours for my episodes to actually hit. So even though I upload them on Sunday night, sometimes they're not available to some people until Monday or Tuesday. Um, that won't be the case on YouTube. They will be going up on the days at the right time on YouTube, basically all the time, unless something happens and I'm uploading late. So if you would rather listen to those right as they go up as well, they will be available on the YouTube channel. Anyways, I don't really have any updates for you guys. Um, we just kind of chilled the whole week I was off. I did absolutely nothing and it was amazing. And so yeah, we can just move right into today's episode. Today's episode is about Harry Greenwell. Now, Harry, I can't find a ton about his, you know, super early on life. I do know that he was born on December 9th, 1944 in Kentucky, and his parents were named Paul Greenwell and Dorothy Greenwell. Other than that, the only information I have about Harry was that he had more than a half a dozen siblings that he grew up with, and I couldn't really find where he fit in with that family, whether it was the youngest or the oldest or somewhere in the middle. The next pieces of information I found about his quote-unquote early life was when he was old enough to be convicted and charged with um, armed robbery. This would happen on January 17, 1963, and he would only spend two years in a reformatory. This was because he had only just turned 18 when this would happen. He did end up serving those two years, and they would release him at 20 years old with an additional five years of probation. 
This reformatory didn't do anything for him because nothing changed. Harry didn't get any better. Two years later, on February 23rd, 1965, he would be arrested again and charged with sodomy. He would end up getting parole in 1969 and would be released once again to the public. Then in 1989, he would get arrested for a traffic violation, and then after that, he would get arrested again for a domestic incident. Only a month later, he would break a restraining order, and this would land him with 15 more months of probation. Then he would be arrested once again for felony possession. Somewhere along the line of him getting arrested and growing up, he would meet and marry a woman. I cannot find this woman's name anywhere. I am unsure if she is considered a Jane Doe because I also found none of my sources even called her that. Either way, I do know that this woman would die in a house fire on April 28, 1978. It didn't seem like Harry was mourning that much because very soon after losing his first wife, he would meet another woman and fall in love with her. This woman's name was Julie Jenkins. She was a 39-year-old single mother who had just gotten out of an abusive relationship. These two would go on date after date and fall more in love every single time, and eventually they would get married. Harry would take in her daughter that she had from a different marriage, that abusive one we talked about, and would raise her like he was his own. On top of that, the two of them would get pregnant and have a baby boy together. Having children can oftentimes help people. Some people with addiction will have children and realize they don't want to be like that, but this didn't change anything in Harry. Much like the reformatory, he continued his crimes. In 1982, he was then arrested for robbing somebody. They would send him to prison once again, and he decided that he didn't want to go back. Harry managed to get away from authorities twice and run both times. They did end up tracking him down quickly afterwards and put him back in custody. They would only hold on to him for about a year and then they would release him once again. At this point, Harry had a wife and two children that he needed to support. And once he was out of prison, he knew he needed to find a job quick. He actually would find employment as a railroad worker and for a while it seemed like Harry did well until his crime streak took a turn. On February 21st, 1987, a night clerk at Super 8 in Elizabethtown, Kentucky would be attacked. Harry would come in and begin a fight. 41-year-old Vicki Heath would put up a pretty good fight. The lobby that she was working in showed signs of an obvious fight and the phone was even uprooted out of the wall. But Harry overpowered Vicki. He would take her behind the motel and sexually assault her, and then shoot her, leaving her dead body behind a trash can. The authorities would fail to attach him to this sexual assault and murder, and he decided he could strike again. On March 3rd, 1989, two more hotel clerks would come face to face with Harry, 24-year-old Margaret and 34-year-old Jean. On March 3rd, he would sexually assault Margaret Mary and shoot her in the head twice. He would then dump her body in the hallway and steal $179 from the motel. But this wasn't enough. Only four hours after this attack, he would strike again, coming across Jean Gilbert. He would also sexually assault her and shoot her as well. 
Then he would drop her body on a roadway and leave her to be discovered the next morning. When both women were found, they were able to easily link them together. The first piece of evidence was because they happened just hours apart, and the second was that he had used the same gun for both murders. But they still failed to tie these murders to Harry, and he would either lay low for almost a year, or continue his murder and rape streak and we've been unable to link others to him. The next known attack that we have from Harry was on January 2nd, 1990. He would attack and sexually assault, stab, and rob a woman while she was working at her hotel. This woman would survive her attack and she was able to get help. Once she was okay enough, the authorities would ask her questions. She was able to describe who assaulted her and even explain him so well that they were able to get a very good composite drawing of him. She had even remembered that he had a lazy eye. They also did a rape kit on her and found some of his DNA. This DNA would officially link her to the other murders that we know about. This woman would request to stay anonymous and we only know her as Jane Doe. They would finally be able to run the DNA that they had collected officially linking all of those ones that we talked about earlier together and linking him to four more sexual assaults and robberies in several other states. One very large thing that they noticed about all of these women were that all of them were working as a motel clerk. They were all working along I-65. Based on the dates of the attacks, they hypothesized that he was a seasonal worker or he drove along I-65 often. This would lead authorities to believe that he was either a salesman or possibly a truck driver. This would also gain him the nickname the I-65 killer or the Days In killer. This case would go colder and colder and even though they had his DNA, no matter what they did, they couldn't track down the man responsible. Then finally, in 2022, one of his family members would submit a DNA test. This DNA test would immediately flag up in the system, and they were able to follow it back until they found the man they believed was responsible. They had to reach out to his wife, who was still alive, and inform her of their suspicions. She was, of course, very, very shocked to hear that her husband was thought to be involved, and they asked about some further DNA. At first, she did not understand why they wanted to follow it back further. She informed the authorities who already knew this that her husband, Harry, had already passed away from lung cancer on January 31st, 2013, and she didn't see why it was necessary to exhume him or really figure out what happened. The authorities explained that if he was part of the murders and if he was the man responsible, it would give the people that he murdered not only closure, but their family would get closure as well. Once this would be explained to her, she of course agreed, informing them that he had a son that was still alive and giving them the contact information to get a hold of him. When they contacted him, he agreed to submit the DNA and he did. Finally, they had an answer. On April 5th, 2022, they were able to announce the name of the man responsible for at least three murders, Harry Greenwell. They had to finish their investigation with looking into what he did and really having a story for everybody involved and everybody curious. 
During this investigation, they would discover that he retired from the railroad in February of 2010. This was when he would move to a small town, and this man was known as very kind. Everybody believed that he was a good person, believing that he was very charismatic, that he was just a sweet old man. Once he would retire and move, he would go on to practice his hobbies. These included gardening, running a farmer's market, reading, traveling, watching sports, and even horse races. Nobody had any idea that Harry had been a rapist or a murderer. They concluded that because he had worked at the railroad for so long, that is when he was raping and murdering people. He was working and taking a break at these motels, and that is when these people were being attacked. It is very possible that there were more victims for Harry, like many serial killers we talk about that we just don't know about. It's possible that he murdered these people and maybe didn't sexually assault them, and we just have failed to tie them all together to this day. Harry Greenwell, because he died from cancer, was never held responsible for any of this. He lived his entire life knowing what he did, possibly continuing doing it, and we failed to capture him. I know today's episode was a little bit shorter than most of our episodes, but I really wanted to tell you guys about Harry Greenwell because I had never heard about him before. And even though we couldn't talk for 20 minutes today, it's still important to tell you guys the story of Harry Greenwell. Even though he was never convicted and held responsible for the murders, the people that he murdered got their closure. In my opinion, it is very likely that Harry has more victims than we know about, because almost no serial killer will just stop one day. And it's possible as more time goes on, we will be able to link more people to Harry Greenwell. Family and friends of Harry's whole life have been shaken up. They would have never guessed that this sweet old man would have been responsible for raping people or murdering people. You never really know if the person you married is that sweet, perfect husband or wife. Because it's possible that instead of going into town and selling produce, they're going into town to rape and murder other people. There may be false or misleading information throughout this podcast. All facts have been researched to the best of my abilities, but accidents do happen. If this is a story you are interested in knowing more about, I highly recommend doing your own research. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.